Yeah. So I had some outdated stuff. I had some unnecessary like artifacts and little knickknacks and little <laughs> sure. pieces of artwork that weren't really. It probably felt good to kind of have like a clean slate. Oh, it was rough. It was yeah. so hard to decide. <laughs> like, what do you keep? What do you get rid of? Because yeah, so much art was given to me as like a gift or left there on purpose. Like, oh, you could just have it. Like. You keep doing, you keep doing, like I was telling you all these bands, you keep doing it, and yep. then before you know it, you're like, everywhere I looked was something someone gave or left there for me, and wow. that, that's what filled the whole house. Like, not just the basement, oh, man, whole house, wow. every room, every floor, the garage, the so the festival, a- like, everything was just stuff people gave or made for me. And like, not just custom music, made, just like... Art relative and this you know, big yeah, yeah. backdrop. Like, what do yeah. I do? I can't throw this out. No, no, that's someone custom made that for me. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> so it's like, what do I do with all these things? And it was very difficult. I kept a lot of stuff, and I found good places for it. I gave some stuff away. Yeah. Some friends are holding on to things. It's, it's weird. I've never moved. Thirty-two yeah. years, I was just in that home, and no one ever left. I never left. I mean, yeah, I have so many questions about DZ Fest. Like logistics and like... <laughs> Is this a podcast where you're, in, you're interviewing no, me? No, no, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to take over. No, no, the, um, man, dude. Yeah, like, because we're, we're, well, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it, but the, I, I'm trying to do something similar mm-hmm. in my town. Uh, oh, that's awesome. So, and that's York? York, yeah. York. Yeah, Y-O-R-K. Okay. Yeah. Y-O-R-K. York, Pennsylvania. Y-O-R-K. Why did I think it was York? I don't know, but that'd be a better town name. I don't know why I thought it was that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, before we keep going, because we just started this podcast talking about me, <laughs> why don't you say who you are and what you do? My name is Spencer McCreary, and I play music songs in a band called Public Disco Porch and other things. Mm-hmm. And you're a great musician. Well. well I think so. Uh, <laughs> thanks, man. I like your vocals. I like your style. Guitar mm-hmm. playing is cool. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of a lot of different cross-genre mm-hmm. um, things going on, which is always fun for me. Mm-hmm. Thing on the the, the lens and the microphone side, yeah. side of stuff. Definitely, I enjoy when people try new things, do different things. Um, yeah, how long have you been playing music for? Long time. Um, yeah, so started playing violin when I was three. Oh, like one in, of those. Yeah, one Suzuki of those. method. <laughs> you got it, man. I've yeah, done yeah. this before, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Suzuki, um, which is like a really good thing, but also um, I was I was talking with my like musical hero her name is Gretchen Decker she's doing just amazing things in uh, our town she's like a concert pianist and again musical hero um but we were talking about that a little bit in that like you know while it's a really good thing and like there should be this longevity of life that you have with music like it's kind of like a um we've we've been drawing up this beautiful graph it's like a yx axis that then has babies should be singing music songs when they're like three right or mm-hmm. playing violin or learning how to zip and step like that's all good stuff or like singing in like native american song circles and like drumming and all that kind of stuff it's all good to get when you're so small um and then there's obviously like natural attrition and people kind of start to do their own thing um but there's like a place where you can kind of capture people with jazz music rock music folk music whatever it might be there's other interests outside of just traditional you know, zip step, play your gavotte, and, you know, allegro and that kind of stuff, like, as perfectly as you possibly can. That method kind of, like, shuffles the prodigy kids up to the front, and then that's, like, how you keep playing music, right? That was my kind of natural attrition as I was going along this, like, traditional music path, got to college, and then realized, you know, I kind of want to play basketball and not (laughs) study music all the time. Very different. (laughs) 
but where they cross over because I played a lot of basketball. That's, yeah. that's oh, my we, best we've, sport. We've bonded over this. We yeah. have. You, you see my my <laughs> know, James dude. Harden shoes. Ooh, everyone. Yeah. I've been rocking these my new studio <laughs> shoes because I bought them and then I busted my knee. I I, I did a, a slight tear again on my left knee, which I've done like countless times. Mm. That's why I can't. I don't play anymore in any meaningful way. I might shoot around, but I. Afraid to jump, okay. like yeah, yeah, with force, because I used to have a very, very good vertical for a five foot tenish mm-hmm. person. Being able to like jump up to ten feet and hold it with two hands is not common five, for five foot ten Amen. Yeah. guys who don't play that much basketball. So I was pretty good with that, but then I kept hurting my ankles and knees playing my whole life. I yeah. played from from when I can remember until uh, I played organized, like actual basketball with the team and a coach and referees um, for like. Six years, and then I played street ball from parks to driveways to, sh- to the actual streets. Yeah, yeah. From birth to probably 24, 25, um, like twenty something years, yeah. and got really pretty good at it. More of a good rebounder, defender, uh, high IQ for like seeing stuff and making sure things go well. Yeah, yeah. Not a very good shooter, but way more of like a good team person, like. Yeah, You'd yeah. want me to be with you, but you don't throw me the ball to like make good jump shots from oh, 18 man. feet away. That's not my forte. Just by how you leapt out of the door greeting us, <laughs> I would pick you. <laughs> I'm a little agile. It, so where I saw that help with music mm. um, was the IQ part of it, the thinking and separating parts and making sense of, like, especially like a, a group. Like you yeah. have five people in your band. Yeah, That's yeah. a team. Yeah, yeah, you, everyone has a role. And you have, everyone has to play their part to make it fit. And that's the same as, like, a team for basketball. Basketball's five people. Yeah. So it, a band, what I felt with a band when I see with a team, very similar, oh, to be yeah. honest. Athletics in general. Right? And, but, like, it's also, specifically with basketball, like, my experience was, uh, it was at a, a pretty high level and was stressed and, you know, you're, like, you're, you're trying to do, like, you're trying to win, which mm-hmm. is good. Like, winning is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, at the same time, you want to have fun playing the game, which is basketball. Uh, so, like, even in college, I, um, I've, I've talked to my buddies about this word. It was like you kind of figure out this balance between um, is it this or is it this? Is it, like, the game or is it the, the thing that you're trying to, like, perform? Like, you're trying to be the best basketball player you possibly can. Sometimes that gets in the way of just, like, experiencing the thing. Mm-hmm. And with music... I started to kind of like parallel those two where I stopped caring about like how um, proficient like the thing that I was doing was. Not just violin, but guitar. And um, that kind of led to writing songs because it just started to get fun, you know. And um, yeah, while winning is great, I I don't think that it is the end-all thing that necessarily matters in life mm-hmm. and music especially has been a great place to live in that because there is no real winning i mean there's like the grammys and stuff but like who cares right like it's like there shouldn't be this infrastructure where you're like trying to do the best it's good to dig up new stuff and like figure out how to do a really good crossover but you don't necessarily have to do a crossover how everybody else has been doing a crossover mm-hmm. um, and that translates to music song a lot for, yeah, for us, for this project in general. Yeah, so so you played basketball. When did you start? Um, I played hockey growing up, not primarily, but then um, kind of had this like decision. I remember like, driving the car with my dad um, if I wanted to play hockey or basketball, and you know, hockey was pretty expensive. Basketball's not. You can play it anywhere, anytime. <laughs> basketball. Of the year. <laughs> 
there is a correlation of of income in certain sports. Yeah, the hockey's, the golf, the tennis, yeah, uh, lacrosse of the world that tends to be of a, a, a more stable and higher income. Yeah, it, for all the obvious reasons, it costs a lot for the gear. Yeah. And and it's time, all that. time yeah. the the location you have to have a specific type of field you can't just have like basketball. Oh my god! When I was little, we just the beam in the basement, the old studio, we oh, just god. put chalk in two spots, and that was our hoop. Like Same. just throw a ball at it. Like you don't need anything to play basketball. Me and my brother shattered so many light bulbs in my <laughs> grandparents' basement, just like you know, going one on one as hard as you possibly oh, yeah. can. <laughs> And, like, the ceiling's, like, this kind of height, and just your head hits. The, oh. It was awesome. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was the thing, right, is that also, like, being in New York, Pennsylvania, you're not, like, in a, you know, Canada or something where there's, like, hockey everywhere. So, anyway, it was... Um, what major city is that near York? Uh, so, York's pretty cool because it's right in the south-central side of Pennsylvania. So, you can be in Baltimore, New York, south Philly... Central. Um, Was- I mean, yeah, Washington, D.C. Like, is that near Gettysburg? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like... Gettysburg is me and me and Britt walked to Gettysburg one time. It was like it's that close. Well, it was like twenty six miles. But we you just walked. Did, yeah, we, she she woke up one morning and was like, "Hey, I have something I want to do. Oh my God. I want to walk to Gettysburg." We just that must have took like all day. Yeah, yeah, it, it took, took all day. Twelve hours. Yeah, I I went there once and it was pretty. I went there and nobody was there. Like nobody. Okay. It was late October, so the leaves everything was beautiful, but it was very eerie mm, and like yeah. overwhelming. It is. It's heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's like really heavy, uh, and especially as like an adult going back. Like as a kid, you go to the Civil War reenactment. I'm sure that. you guys did that all the time. All the time. For um, field trips and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather was like a Navy man, so he, he loved that shit. I and bet. so we, we were there a lot. But Grandpa, it was the Army, not the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know. Yeah, military. <laughs> military. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was cool, but yeah, uh, definitely spooky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you realize, like, this was our own, our own country, our own yeah. people, like, yeah. killing each other right here. It's bizarre. Over really dumb stuff. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, and... That's that's wild. So, how far from Philly? Uh, hour and like twenty minutes. Oh, yeah, not bad. Great. And then Pittsburgh, like three and a half, four hours. Okay, but okay. still, you can go see a game if you want to see a game. Yeah, or something. yeah. So you, but you were in Chicago for a while. Oh yeah. So that's why I came to Chicago, the Midwest area, for um, basketball. Like I was going to college out here, and uh, which school? Wheaton College. Mm-hmm. So you know. Uh, anyway, yeah. That was also kind of uh, a, a formative kind of four years and kind of coming to terms with, um, like, self-awareness of, like, how you look at not just the world but the game of basketball and um, life outside of yourself because uh, it's very, very, very Christian. Um Wheaton College was? Wheaton, yeah, yeah. It's like the Mecca of Christian colleges. <laughs> so. That's a funny thing to say, the Mecca <laughs> of Christianity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> So anyway, that, that, that was part of that experience, and that's why I stayed out here, though, is I met a bunch of guys that I still play music with today, um, not as much. Um, Joel went to Wheaton. Oh, okay. So, that's how you met him? Yeah, yeah. Not even so much during our time there, because he was a year behind me, but... Um, Afterwards, I was playing music with uh, Chris Hills, who was in a bunch of different bands that I've been in. And then they were good friends, and he was like, hey, he should play in our stuff. And, and he's literally one of the most, like, um, elaborate musical minds that I've come in contact with, Joel. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. He he can kind of fix anything about a song that is struggling. Like if you're in, if you're like kind of like trying to write something or improving something, and then you hit a roadblock, whatever that might be, he's very 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 good at saying, "I think this would service this song well," and that's like kind of how he frames it, and mm. that has sculpted how I've approached music for the past, you know five seven years uh he's not only my best friend but also one of the more heavier musical influences in my life yeah okay that's that's nice to hear because what i've realized with being so involved with music and artists and bands how much i don't really like i need so many other people to tell me these things like no one just knows everything no matter how i have a lot of experience but i have so much more to learn and yeah. it's the friends I've had, like from one to ten, that have just showed me the bands, the influences, of this person, that person. I didn't know about these things, and it's it's something that a lot of ego can get in the way of when you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm at oh. the top. Some people face it when they get really high up, especially when they make a lot of money. And it's the biggest qualm I have with a lot of high, high, high paid musicians who, th- like, I don't know how they justify having hundreds of millions. Yeah. Or billions, but it's not. It's like that's not what you did this for. Why do yeah. you think you're like this god? Like, it starts not. to come to that thing that I was talking about before, like winning, like separating mm-hmm. the outside of like you don't have to win in music. Um, yeah, that's been uh, the zone, man. And that, that that's like a reason that I I have found myself still doing it and like still know people like yourself, where it's. I think it, as a people, it's something that we haven't quite figured out. Like you can't hold it a music song when you make it it just kind of goes out or it mm-hmm. changes and um having like that's kind of just what i've been worshiping is that thing mm-hmm. that like wow maybe this is all that we got is one another mm-hmm. and like my friends that showed me this wild band right like that maybe that is the thing that we should be living for or not just music specifically but those kinds of exchanges and so i've really really been trying to Sorry, I'm just like jumping and or diving. No, no <laughs> so, that's the beauty of a freeform conversation. Um, like, for example, like DZ Fest. I mean, I know that not to pr- promote your own thing on your own <laughs> podcast, but like, honestly, it, it's behind us. I mean, it's all dude, good. <laughs> it is one of the most like doing real music in real life in the digital age. Like, that is a hugely inspiring thing Thank that you, you do. Um, yeah, seriously. And all the bands that have ever been part of it know that, like, you go there and it's like, holy shit, this is a person that cares. <laughs> and also, um, it's, like, so easy these days to just turn your phone around and with a ring light and start making, you know, how many TikTok views can I garner? And then that's, like, some sort of measurement of how you're doing in music. Mm-hmm. Um I am very much against that. <laughs> and, like, I want to yeah. do this. Plug the thing in. Like, make the actual live recording with everybody in a room. Someone's going to video it, and we'll put it out. Like, who cares? Really, it, we're doing it. Like, mm-hmm. we're, like, actually still doing music in real life, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I think that is the thing that I have been chasing, like, spiritually, like, honestly, in the past, like, five years is uh, that thing. Like, whatever that thing is that you feel where your friend showed you something and you can't quite hold it and then all of a sudden you're playing a song that is talking about the things that have been in your brain and they're just out into the Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. that's it 
That's <laughs> forever. That's it. Yeah. So is this kind of connecting to what you mentioned earlier, how you were trying to do something like a show or a fest or something? Yeah. Well, yeah. So our my, my town in York, I mean, so I grew up in York, Pennsylvania, moved to Chicago, kind of tying this all together now, is then I, I was away for a long time, not that I wanted to be, but just like was doing school, basketball, and then all of a sudden I was in a band out here and like meeting people like yourself and um chicago is like this pretty interesting city where it's not like a really ego filled town Mm -hmm. it still feels small Mm -hmm. or something and there's not there's like these like polar opposite kind of experiences in new york and la yeah um (laughs) but you you have this like opportunity to have get part of a scene right like i i was playing in a couple different scenes within chicago and liked that that like music musicians were championing one another in this town and always wanted to get back to the place that I grew up and, like, the experiences that I found myself writing songs about out here in Chicago were about York, Pennsylvania. I mean, I wrote an album that you mastered Gospel called of Gospel York. of York. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the lyrical content of that music and this also this new album, which is Have a Great Life, is, like, very much just be a good neighbor. What, I, what we were talking about before, take care of your buddies, like, lift one another up take care of the land like maybe it's all maybe this is all we got is one another and i uh i wanted to bring that kind of mentality back to my hometown because growing up in a small town in central pennsylvania you hear a lot of like i can't wait to get out of this town you know like i can't wait to get to the new york the la the nashville whatever yeah like the next big thing why that's good like i mean i i experienced that i never really aligned with that narrative like I want to fly the coop kind of thing. Um, Because there's, like, a lot of reverence in the place that you grew up and, like, your childhood home. Absolutely. Yeah, like, where your grandpa is buried. Like, that kind of stuff somehow matters. And um, so me and and Britt always wanted to get back to that town. And now that we have moved back, are starting to kind of, like, stir up the pot a little bit and say, maybe we don't need to do the same stock martini glass picture with like some guy's name playing live music on every Friday night you know like maybe we can do something a little bit more curated and intentional Mm -hmm. like what I saw you do right and so we have a plot of land that we're like trying to kind of you know clean up and take care of this place that we bought and it is the ideal place for a festival ground. Really? How many uh, square feet? Like it's like 10 acres of pasture. 10 acres? I was dealing with like I know. 80% of an acre. <laughs> I mean, and you made it feel like the biggest festival that a band <laughs> has ever could possibly be at. Thank you. Um, wow, yeah, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> and, I mean, like, so it's like meeting with people in, uh, like, that, that are helping the town, connecting with the nonprofits that are actually taking care of the land. Like, yeah. we bought the place to keep it clean and green. We don't want it to be developed. Um, that's, like, also kind of the lyrical content of this new music. But But I also was wanting to, like, you know, align myself with something more than just uh, a charitable thing like if the things that I'm singing in music songs are about this place I'm really going to become part of this place mm-hmm. uh, so all the stuff that I learned from you know these people that I knew out here experiences like DZ Fest and the Oak Park music scene specifically like the Friendly Taps the Fitzgeralds the um, out of space kind of venues that I, we played at and kind of like learned how to make songs. Mm-hmm. I'm ho- kind of like taking back to the place that I lived and hoping to show that like, you know, you can still make music in real life and people will care. You don't have to just be on your phone 
singing another TikTok cover. Yeah, the TikTok thing is interesting because I part of me agrees with you completely. The the thirty two year old in me, you yeah. know, almost thirty three. How old are you? Thirty one. So we're almost the same age. When will you be thirty two? August twenty sixth of so I'm a young thirty one. So okay, so I I'll be thirty three in December. So we're, I'm almost two years older than you. Um, of the era of between like you know thirty plus. Yep. TikTok and and you know Instagram Reels and Twitter and a lot of these things, mostly TikTok, seem very strange and confusing and foreign and odd. But I realize, I mean, aside from it being strangely invasive, that app, um, mm. and odd, they all are. And they all are doing weird stuff. So like everything else, just like Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter... Um, anything like that, Tumblr, any of the of the social media related apps, it's just a tool and it's part of the job. I do think some people get way too carried away with it. Yeah. Um, and for very bad reasons. Um, I see what it what it's doing to a lot of kids, and the only reason why I know more about it now and more related to it is I've seen a lot more artists are using it, bands, mm-hmm. but mostly my my students. I have a lot of students in that sweet spot of yeah. that eighteen to twenty two. So TikTok, and then a lot of bands are using it because it's just another place you might make it. Um, yeah. A band that you can't 100% say they made it through TikTok, but 99% of why they got big through TikTok is Beach Bunny, which is right there. And they're now internationally known, you know, 7.3 million streams per month on Spotify played. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, wow. Rolling Stones magazine, Lollapalooza, Riot Fest. Coachella, Bonnaroo, you name it. All of that. Yeah. And it's because of TikTok. Because they blew up on TikTok. Their mm. video went viral. People made a bunch of covers. It got hundreds of thousands of, of uh, covers. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember the number. Don't quote me on this, but I think something like 80 million hashtags. Wow. Something crazy. So that worked for them. They're like living off playing music right now because of that. Yeah. So like there are wild things that can happen from it, but it's it's like anything else. There's there's a bell curve, and that's the far exception of the rule. Just yeah. like the person that goes, I'm going to drop out of college because um, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg or um, was it, um, Bill Gates did. It's like you those are you can't use those guys. They dropped out of college because they were trying to build a billion dollar tech company. Like, yeah, don't yeah. use them as an example. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you should finish college and just like. Yeah, you might make it through TikTok, but like, don't make it your life because chances of you make like making it, like literally living off an income of doing your art from TikTok, is very low. Right. It's possible. Still do it, but don't spend your life on it. You know, make the thing and put it on there, and then get out of there, and see what happens. But there are people who do well with it. Um, it's it's confusing. I don't know what to do about it because you can't deny it. You can't like hide it because that's what a lot of older people have done throughout <laughs> time. Like those kids, and they didn't, yeah, they missed yeah. the boat. So you don't want to be the person who misses the boat. I guess that's true. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to sound like crotchety or something. No, like, I'm the a, same way. Trust me. I'm always like, oh my god, this TikTok a, yeah, thing like, is crazy. <laughs> I guess as a like uh, as a technologist and that's true. You know a little bit more about pseudo ec- like economist. Wait, let's talk about that so people can have better understanding of why yeah, you have a little bit of um, validity in what you're saying right now because you do do technology. I mean, I, I like help build some financial technology software that like you know accepts credit card payments it's like not super exciting but it has put me in this spot where um 
I guess I'm not like saying that to like demonize those tools because if you're going to use something like that as a tool, like for sure, I think it's like there's going to be another one of whatever the next TikTok is yeah. very soon. Yes, there is. I, I'm like saying that I, as a person that has come to the realization that like if music is the thing that I think maybe is worth worshiping or something, we'll just like that's like where I'm standing right now mm-hmm. is that then that can't be it. Mm-hmm. Like that can't be what I'm going to consume my time with and put out to the world to say that, like, this is what I want you guys to consume. Um, Yeah, in no way is that demonizing bands or people that use it. I think it's just like a, there's a dangerous line where you kind of are are chasing something. And then what we were talking about at the very beginning, this ego and look look at the thing that I'm doing. Look at me, you know. Yeah. This motion of, like, turning the camera directly to you mm-hmm. um, becomes a little bit of I mean there's a song that uh, what's the Hank Williams uh, or no uh, Waylon Jennings sings I don't think Hank would have done it this way that's like he's talking about like this change in Nashville culture and country music that was happening right around the time he was making music and I, this again maybe sounds crotchety but like uh, I think that you can do things again for real in real life that maybe won't translate if all we're doing is looking down at our phones to try yeah. and like just be like what's what's the next TikTok guy that I can follow or Instagram or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I do believe that technology helps spread good stuff. Like I think I think that, hey we we did it earlier we're doing it now right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so not not that not that our stuff is good stuff I mean like <laughs> <laughs> I I I mean that like it's like um. It's a delicate dance, and it's a very important balance. Yeah, and I've just kind of decided not to partake in it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have an Instagram. I have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. I've been on Facebook since I was a kid or whatever. I've, I've just kind of, like, drawn a line in the sand for myself that, like, I yeah. want to sit down and, like, if there's a thing here that allows me to shake your hand and give you a hug, I'll do it. Yeah. Um. The The constant content and, like, we have to have content, content, content mm-hmm. so that we can make it mentality is not only frightening as, like, a musician, I think it's a concern of, like, as a person has kids, like, I have two little girls, that's also, like, a message that's hard to relay, right? Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a phone until we were, like, 12 or something. Now kids have, you know... I didn't have a flip phone until my parents said I... I had to buy one when I get a job, so I got one (laughs) at 16 when I bought it, and I didn't get a smartphone (laughs) until I was 24, I went to undergrad and graduate school without a laptop. This is why I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I struggled, and I don't know how I did it. I look back, and I'm like, I don't understand how I got through all this without this technology, but a lot of willpower and determination and and community. Like, you can gain a lot just through people and friends. Yeah, man. I was so bad at social media. I still am, but up until in the last few years. Like, it took eight of these for me to finally start, like, (laughs) by eight of these, I mean festivals, to start, like, doing a better job of promoting it and talking about it because I, I just didn't I, I was I didn't agree with always living on the phone and yeah now it's so hard not to do stuff on the phone yeah now I'm trying to have a rule where um from 7 p.m to 10 p.m I like turn off my phone and it's not on me so I don't just yeah. not have it on me it's off off like it's off it's also good for the technology to let it breathe and recuperate and, and restart yeah so it's for longevity for the phone but it's also like better for the battery it's better for your brain and your brain's battery 
Yeah. It's so hard though because that's the time when a lot of bands are finally free because they worked all day. So now they could start communicating and messaging you and emailing you. It's a time to respond. Yeah. But it's so dangerous when you're on the other end receiving all the messages. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, hard. It's what you said. It's, I mean, if you can figure out ways to have it be a tool, and this is like nothing novel, right? Like these are like things that people know. Like make it a tool. Mm-hmm. Don't let it consume you. What's the, there's a prince, and I'm just like quoting my favorite people of all time. But like Prince says, uh, computers are cool, man, but don't let the computer wear you. And he said that, and that was it. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Don't let the computer wear you. Sometimes it, it can. So, oh my God. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. There's times when I do the ignoring of the phone and I'm just sitting there on the couch, like listening to a record. And I'm just like gra- re- reaching for something. Yeah. Like I'll look over, <laughs> I'll look down at the ground and nothing's there. And I'm like, oh God, this is bad. It's so bad. And I get, I get so mad at myself. I'm like, what has happened? Um, it's, it's dangerous. I don't yeah. know what younger people are doing. My students have a very difficult time with it. They are on their phones way too often. How do you like, what, how do you govern it? Like what is It's the, hard. Yeah. It's hard. Sometimes I can be quick and witty and do a really good like guilt trip <laughs> response when like they're not paying attention Yeah. and then they ask a question that they would know the answer. They just were paying attention. So I will just call them out and be like, well, you would know if you just went on your phone. Mm. And that's pretty rough, but it's like, hey, like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, these kids, yeah, yeah. they're not kids. I keep saying that. I'm treating them like children. They're adults. <laughs> they are over 18. It's pain to be there. And for an hour and 15 minutes, they cannot put their phone away. And it's pretty rough, and they miss out on a lot. Earbuds are a problem. They just have earbuds in, headphones. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. I say something, I definitely take away, like, participation, critique points, things like that. But then at a certain point, you get a little broke, in as a person and you go well they're paying me or that's on them if they're not taking the knowledge and the saddest part is some people will get through college and they'll get by on c's and b's but they have earbuds in and on their phone all the time and when they do have that degree and they think they're all hot and mighty they didn't take in much information so they're kind of a useless degree holder oh, wow. when they go out into the world you know what i'm saying yeah yeah we're cool. like now they have the degree but like they don't know what's going on they don't know the information they can't apply it to anything and they yeah. won't get a good job. And, or if they do get one, if they can find their way to sneaking into one by kind of lying about what they know, eventually people will find out, like, oh, you actually don't know what you're doing. You, did you, didn't you go to school for that stuff? <laughs> yeah, and it's sad. I know it sounds brutal, but it's real. Wow. It's very real. It's very real. You have to try your best to learn stuff and, and not put that front up, no matter what it is. Yeah, I feel like, man, and I guess just to, like, kind of cap it off to what I was saying, like, in that, I feel like we're lucky in our generation that we had it enough or, or, or like, didn't necessarily grow up with it immersed into our experience as a person, uh, but had to kind of figure out how to do, like, me and Britt were just talking that, like, email was literally, like, chatting your cousins and, like, chatting your friends and then like immediately being like oh I used to write you letters now we're just gonna like send mm-hmm. email mm-hmm. Um, so it became the tool right and even like photography like you take a picture on a digital camera you still have to like put it onto a computer and figure out how to make it look good yeah or how you see it in your brain you're using the thing as a tool audio equipment is a tool mm-hmm. and even though you're on the computer you have you start to learn these skills which I think we just kind of like fell into at the right time um and, like, again, I'm not, like, trying to demonize anybody that, like, is finding themselves in these situations. I think with this band, it was more of a, like, um, 
if, if, if I'm really saying that the, if this is my experience with music and this is how I'm going to make it as, as a, like make music um, if on a computer trying to make it as, you know, real as I can just actually using amplifiers and tape and all that. But like I am kind of drawing a line in the sand for myself to say I'm, I want to engage with it as little as possible. Mm-hmm. But what's your end goal? Do you want to? make it and be a full-time musician no then you're in a good spot yeah yeah because if you do unfortunately like it is part of the job it's what i've been learning myself because it the internet thing is not me yeah like if anybody knows me i'm like out in the woods building stuff yeah yeah. and i'm I'm out there hiking (laughs) i'm out there camping that's where i grew up that's what i did for vacations that's what i did growing up that's why dc fest worked yeah why i was able to put together i know how to like do stuff with my hands and that's where i thrive so to like not do that and, and live in the city and just like tech, 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 technology, yeah, yeah. very weird for me. So I just had to train my brain to be like, this is just work. This post is what you have to do to have work. That's yeah. all it is. So you just do it once or twice a day, post something. Luckily for me, I have a lot of stuff going on, so it's not hard to right, find that find material sure. to post. I also like making people happy and laugh, and I, I think <laughs> I'm kind of goofy, so I have no problem like posting <laughs> goofy stuff. But I'm trying to promote people. I love music, yeah. art, food coffee culture and i just want people and a to lot be of it is that up. you have this opportunity to, to shine a light on yeah another band right yeah so like that was the big thing for me that i have started to really let go of i mean i've watched like my friends leave their hometowns to go to nashville and like kind of like they have to do this thing where it's the job but you're mm-hmm. as the artist you're turning the kit like one of the reasons that i like recording other bands is because i don't have to worry about the thing on me like yes. going inward yes but when you're doing your own thing when it's your own music and like you have to again that motion of turning the phone be like hey guys like i made this song maybe listen to like i have completely let go yeah of caring about like shining the light on my stupid face like i'm trying to put it as on everybody else that's around this project as much as possible um, so collaborating with other photographers, videographers, uh, people that are doing like art installations for this show that we're doing in York, Pennsylvania, like those things have been really energizing for me mm-hmm. and aligned to this thing where like, I don't have to really think about content being about myself. I can start to really start planning things within the town and make not just the music about the town, but like literally become a champion for other art that's going on around you. And then you start to say, like, okay, people will believe in a scene if they see the scene of people lifting one another up. Yes. And, man, that feels so good to put on the internet as opposed to here is another song of me playing the guitar, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's, like, where I was going with, you know, the again, the small demonization of (laughs) technology. (laughs) I understand. But right now I feel in a really good spot. Like, I feel like it's been fun. Because it's not my job. I have no intention of making it. Like, I don't... That's not even a, a goal. Yeah. I have no... I only want to be a good neighbor. I want to be a friend. I want to be a really good dad. Mm-hmm. Which, husband and dad kind of go in the same category. But yeah, like, family man. Yeah, family man. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. You seem to be good at all this <laughs> well, from what I could tell. I mean, introducing your child to this stuff so young and then doing the ear protection. It's the first thing I said. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> That's that's great. Like yeah. to have a kid grow up around music and art and travel and then also like safety. Like these are all things that should be taught to children. Yeah. And you start that young, they don't 
know what's going on now, but that stuff is embedded. And they'll, they'll somehow know it when they're older. I know? hope so. For that's, real. Yeah, that's the... Especially if you just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, they grow up on 10 acres of land <laughs> around music and a music festival. Yeah. What will uh, the fest be called? Uh, not sure yet. Um, Public Disco Fest. Public Disco Fest. I mean, there's, yeah, there's lots of, like, we're, like, collaborating with a brewery to do, like, a public disco porter. So, like, oh, that would be served at this festival. Is that the brewery? No, no, this is a baseball team from Oh, it looked like, a, I thought it said IPA. Okay, no, no. <laughs> Revolution IPA York, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that does, yeah, that sounds like a brewery. But then also, um, we're doing, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, that's a good question. DZ Fest is just great, but. I mean, it's. So short. To the point. <laughs> it's fast. It's short. Yeah. Um, and you can say it like as you're flying by, like some, you like yelled at someone out of car. They would oh, still know what it is. Trust me, I got. I've gotten a lot of those. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. I'd, like in the forest on a hike, like hot what? Coming <laughs> echoing through the trees. It's happened. <laughs> it's it's it is fast and quick. Yeah, I mean, a fest is. What I've learned is fest vary tremendously yeah. from. And it's weird, like, the the idea of a festival. Like, when you think of a festival, I bet you you think of what most people think of, the stereotypical thing where it's, like, some stages outside, grass, bigger stages, grass, bigger art, mo- many bands, some themes, and then, like, food and porta potties and, like, a lot of people everywhere, and it's very, like, kind of hippie. Mm-hmm. That's what people think of festivals. Yeah. But sometimes people call festivals when they just have seven bands at a venue. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've you know, been to those, or so, yeah. twenty bands across three venues, or fifty bands across six venues. Yeah, yeah. over the like three days, even. Yeah, 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 and it's like a different type of thing because they're not building an infrastructure. Right, it's already there. They're not setting up stages. They already yeah, yeah. are part of the venue. So there's different levels of festival. Yeah. Um, so when you put one on where you are doing it from the ground up and like physically building this stuff and customizing it for your space, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Is very different. Um, so what, like, what do you want to do for yours? Um, so yeah, I mean, similar to DZ in uh, the sense that it would be, you know, on like someone's place, right? So there's like an intimacy that is a, with on your the, place. Yeah, yeah, on the <laughs> the owner's property, but also, uh, uh, we're, like, with the band, I think there's a there's an opportunity to kind of like disassociate that. So then it just feels like you're kind of at a festival, mm-hmm. not at someone's house. Um, which you somehow managed to do literally just right in your backyard. <laughs> like, I, like, completely forgot that I, like, used to record... I recorded songs down in that basement of that place. When the, when the fest isn't set the, up, and it's just, like, a blank yard. It's yeah, weird, yeah, right? It's weird, It yeah. was so weird for me, too. <laughs> like, it's, like, unbelievable that it happened. It's like, wow, that was a fever dream, dude. Yeah, but, it's strange. It turns into, like, a carnival in one week, and then it goes away again. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. So something similar to that. Um, there's also, like, I mean, it doesn't happen anymore, but... We, me and Britt and other friends and bands that I know went to Eau Claire's festival every year, which was in Wisconsin and was like hugely inspiring and influential in the music that I make. Um, but they had like really interesting like installations that were happening within, you know, the forest. So like we have a nature trail on our place where I've built a bridge across, you know, the stream. That bridge could just be a stage. So, like, people could walk through the forest and stumble on someone playing a folk song down there as they're going up to the other, you know, big stage area or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, little things like that where there's little, like, pockets of music happening that you you might not ever see again, Mm -hmm. which is the ethos of this band, too, where it's like, you know, 
those guys that played today had never played music together. And <laughs> that's crazy. That's you guys sounded super... like you were playing together for a while. Well, I mean, it's a little bit of a cheat, right? Because Joel and Jason helped write the songs sometimes. Like, um, again, both of them are incredible. Joel, especially at like fixing musical mysteries when the recording process. Um, and he's just been like my right hand person with engineering and song structure and just all that. So he knows them in and out. Jason recorded on most of the album, but the guitarist, David and Caleb, the bass player, had never met them until we were outside your front. That's so funny. <laughs> so, so yeah, for those who are not listen or those who are listening, um, we just did a, a live video session, two songs here at DZ Records and, this morning when they showed up, I guess two out of the five members never played with the yeah. other two members yeah. before. never have met. They yeah. arrived yeah, this arrived. morning on an airplane, and you yeah. drove from Cleveland. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> That's I respect. That's something I would do. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love when people do that. Well, I mean, yeah, I had... I, the, the album came out in Pennsylvania when we were living there, so it was like, okay, how do we kind of piece back being able to play these songs? So, anyway. Hmm. It sounded great, and I awesome. never would have got... If you didn't tell me that, I, I would not have been able to know no, I or guess. Secret, yeah. that We've been playing never... together for 12 years, man. <laughs> it was tight. I mean, it was good. It was good. Well, thank you, man. And, and Jay's, Jay's just such a great drummer. Oh, he is. He's tight, and he's loud. He's, he's powerful. He's so fun that to tr- watch He would play. translate well for like a metalhead, mm. like a metal band. Oh, know? yeah. Because he's been... such a hard hitter. There's some... There's some uh, I, I got really into, like transcendental black metal <laughs> mm. like the past like two or three years and um i could hear that yeah and <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah. not too much it's not like your drop and there's a couple B. songs yeah <laughs> I, I put one song in drop c just because i was like That's you know cool. what i've never just like kicked i never kicked a song in the teeth and i wanted to try it's fun right yeah it's awesome <laughs> love me that I, i've done a couple songs the lowest i've gone is b well, and well. it's gnarly <laughs> yeah i was using like a strings are just i was flat, using like dude. a a, a G string from a bass, you know, for oh, that low nice. B, and it was gnarly. It's fun. It's just it's so low that it's just a. It's yeah. fun. I'm gonna steal that. I'm yeah, try that. It, do it. It's cool. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, that's what's fun about music. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. The possibilities of a guitar are endless. I mean, mm. it's not just the six frets by twenty two. You know, it's not just one hundred and thirty two individual boxes but it's the the type of strings the tension the pickup selection amp microphone your fingers pick effects pedals how you play it are you playing the guitar are you playing the guitar yeah man because i like to play the guitar (laughs) i'm I'm hitting stuff i'm knocking this using tremolo arms oh slapping strings detuning in the middle like that's what's fun about music there's no rules and that's why i always have a strange relationship with people who are like classically trained and like follow these rules Mm. and follow like music theory yeah and I'm like, I love music there. I learned it. And I learned the circle of fifths, and I understand how to make really ridiculous uh, alternate tunings and everything yep. just so I can do whatever I want with it. Like, learn the rules. Learn how this microphone and this cable and the polarity of it mm-hmm. and the output and, the, and yep. the voltage works so you can do whatever you want with it, so you can have your way with it, I Dude, think. I mean, <laughs> I could talk to you for four hours about this. Like, that. yes, that is what saved me as a musician is what you're talking about where you can just like beat the crap out of it, a guitar or yeah. like um I, I like I was I was talking about this like natural attrition I was maybe on that graph where I was starting to kind of just be burnt out and spent by like theory and playing Kabalevsky violin concertos like that was a- exhausting mentally yeah. it wasn't 
it was it was fun in the sense that it was it was fun to figure out the puzzle. Like when I was at home obsessing over an eight bar passage of Chrysler, you're like, okay, how do I play that? That looks really, really challenging. So then it's all just like you have to go into your theory brain and start figuring it out. You play it really slow, then you get it takes you a month to just play this little passage. Whereas as I was falling off of that train, I found folk music. I found guitar, like Radiohead, you know, and it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's do this for a bit. And then there like starts to branch out. Some people find ballet. Some people find d- death metal. I mean, whatever, right? Like music is awesome and should kind of like then if there is ever that moment, you start to save these people and then it branches off into this beautiful tree. So you plant these seeds when we're all little and like my kid, I want to be in music as much as possible to do what you were just saying. It, she sculpts you. It like lets you think in new ways. Um, and then when you're old, even if you can't physically do it, you still can use music as like therapy. Yeah. Like listening or just like laying in the grass and listening to sound and be like, oh, white noise. I could listen to white noise for like eight hours. So like, I don't know. That's what saved me is what you were just talking about where you play a song and you thought like when you played a G chord, when it started, you didn't realize how much you were thrashing your instrument. And that is the joy that is like being a musician. Absolutely. Absolutely. I long winded way of saying, hell yeah, dude, I agree with you (laughs) so hard. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's, I just, when I see a lot of classical musicians and I, and I talk to them, unless they're playing other music where they make up stuff, they get stuck in this strange path where they're not making up their own music. They're just doing a very, very, very good and exquisite job of copying someone else's. Oh, sure. Yeah. What, something I can't do. I'm not complaining. I can't even do it. It's impressive, but it's impressive, but where their brain is going is not the same place of, of creating something. You're, how good can you play that that uh, Mozart piece or the Beethoven piece? Like, how good can you do a, a Baroque piece by by Bach? Like, can you do it exactly the way they said it? Is it the right tuning? Um, and I don't know. It's it's interesting because they're such good musicians. Yeah, it's so confusing to me. And then you're like, okay, improv here, and they're like, what do you mean? And yeah, you're like, yeah. what do you mean when you mean? <laughs> When you don't practice that part of your brain, that tool of improv or making up stuff or creating your own version of whatever you want, uh, it starts to not really um, grow. And it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm curious. Only when I talk to people who have played a long time, like yourself, I wonder how you feel about it. Um, Not dissing it. I just curious when I meet people who do it. I think there's, I have much respect for it. There's probably, you know, where there's like, um, I, I think probably the most, beautiful example of like not uh, of a person that is practicing those things and trying to do the creative part is someone like Chris Thiele like for in Punch Brothers do you know this band Mm -mm. so he's this mandolin player that is a monster and he's just like in plays and I mean he's taken like all of the box sonatas and played them on the mandolin which transitioning like an instrument to I mean it's the same tune as a violin so that piece isn't that part of it isn't so uh, exciting or something, but like how he approaches his instrument is, is also, you know, this like very classically traditionally trained performer, but also has these like side projects with Yo Yo Ma where they're like playing, you know, counterpoint metering 
almost like rock songs on a cello and mandolin. So like there's those examples, right? But I do agree that like the the norm is again part of this thing in, in traditional music in that kind of world where you're just playing your cello piece or your violin piece in high school mm-hmm. and throughout school. There is that that thing of like how how good did you score mm-hmm. on your Mozart concerto piece and like that feels too close to the game of like winning and caring about like how much you want to win the basketball game. Right. While that's good, that can't be all there is. No. Especially with music, right? And so I think, yeah, we, we lose some people where you get burnt out, you get disinterested in like how many times can I possibly play Mozart pieces, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's interesting and I I, I fall, I fell into it, right? Like, yeah, I would agree that there is, I feel most like a musician when I'm in that, like, zone where you're playing with people that you maybe have never played this song before, and it forces you to do something that you've never done on your instrument. Like, we just, David was just talking about this on the way out. He was like, I've never played the songs like that before. And I was like, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and you, your brain goes into a space where you're not really thinking about what you're playing. You're not like thinking about like, I'm playing a G, F, A sharp, or B flat, G, you know, like that stuff isn't going on in your brain. You're literally just responding to your instrument. Yeah. That's where I want to live. And mm-hmm. it's a shame that we lose really good musicians to the system or something that is like, how good did you perform your Mozart piece? Well, you got a B minus kind of thing. Like this person won the concerto competition. Here's $200. That kind of stuff is like not toxic, but discouraging mm-hmm. to music as a whole, mm-hmm. I think. So I, a leather long-winded way of saying I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, how did you find yourself getting out of that? If you grew up with it since three, it's very, it's part of your life. You probably don't know life before violin. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, which I'm thankful for. Like that I am thankful for, right? That like, um, the discipline of it was there and you, you kind of like were forced to really work at becoming a good musician. Um, how I, how I transitioned out of that kind of mindset was songwriting. Like, because I think there's a difference between being a musician first and being a songwriter. Like there's like a lot of people that are quote unquote trying to make it that start out trying to write songs, you know, and like you figure out how to play a G A, D, C, F sharp, back to D kind of thing, song structure, that all you kind of care about is like, how am I going to write this to be a song that sounds like the guys that I hear on the radio? Whereas if you're a musician, I mean, maybe those two things are synonymous, but I'm trying to make the point that like, sometimes I think I can identify if someone was musically inclined first before they like started writing songs as a whole. Mm. But that's what saved me from not stopping doing music altogether was this opportunity to take the tools that I had from this to kind of like turn it to this and start writing songs as I was already just responding to being like a musician. Okay. Interesting. Do you think it's different for everyone? You think it's like in you? It's innate? I, th- I think so, right? Yeah. Like in Yeah, that sounds it sounds cheesy that like you know, music's in everyone, but I do think that that's true. I think that it definitely is, but it varies. It's a so, yeah, you, you know that person that is 
monotone, no rhythm recognition, Definitely. pattern recognition's off. Something's yeah. not right. Like they just can't hold a beat. They can't hold a pitch. But they love it. Sometimes. But they love yeah, it. Yeah, and, that's and then like, you got those freaks that their rhythm is freaky. Their mm-hmm. metronome, their pitch, their perfect pitch. And I think the, the what proves this is like this perfect rhythm and perfect pitch world. And then you, we all know the person that like they try to tap to the song. And they're just like, yeah, <laughs> and they're off. And then they try to sing like. <laughs> and it's like cracking and you're like okay there's a spectrum of this for yeah, everyone definitely. and that ability to write songs is the same you know you can get get better obviously yeah the cool thing about songwriting though is like you think about someone like John Mouse do you know who John Mouse is Mm-mm. he's a Minnesota songwriter that would for some people would probably be very abrasive to listen to okay but that doesn't like discredit his songs mm-hmm. like he abrasive how uh like just his his vocal is a little bit yelly and kind of just like very not monotone but um think think like like if you put like an 80s record on and it like was a little slow slowed down you know <laughs> that's kind of john mouse's music <laughs> what kind of 80s record <laughs> like what's the like rick rolled like if you like the the Rick Rolled song just kind of slowed down and then like with like big yells, like long sustained yells. I highly recommend checking it out. Okay. But John Mouse. John Mouse. John Mouse. Legend. Um but but like for example, like that that kind of songwriting for some people would be like, I don't know if he knows what he's doing, kind of thing. But like he very much does mm-hmm. and is doing it with intention and because he believes in it. And that is equally as crediting as like whatever so taylor swift or whatever it is right that we mm-hmm. like put up on this thing that's going to make a ton of money we're going to push out to the world kind of yeah thing. i think that that's also a spectrum right of appreciation yeah so it, people, de- it definitely is and that's good i mean that's like being in a society or something but um yeah i think the 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 level of willingness to be a musician is the thing that is uh Maybe everybody can do it. Like mm-hmm. I think, like if you want to do it, you should. If you want to do it, you should. You can. You might not ever be like a Taylor Swift or a John Mayer or an Eric Clapton or what have you. Just you might not have the right voice, body, life, mentality. But like, not everyone's gonna be Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods. It doesn't mean yeah, don't yeah. play basketball or yeah, don't exactly. play golf. Like, who cares? Who yeah. cares? Just like exactly. do what you can and. I think the only thing that stops musicians from being okay, decent, great, whatever is themselves. Yeah. It's just yourself. What's what's stopping you from doing it is you being hard on yourself, not believing in yourself. Yeah. Like, you got to have this, you got to care, but you got to have this, like, I just don't care mentality. Because that's the only way to, like, just be free and to sing or perform in front of people. I'm like, just now stepping into it, man. Really? Ser- yeah, seriously. Like, I've, this I've year. been fortunate to have that for way too long. It's that's kind good. of, a, it's been a problem because I kind of I don't know when I didn't have it. It's kind of been, like, <laughs> since birth has been like, ah, whatever. Yeah. And I I think having a a very quick realization in relationship with, with um how finite life is and death yeah. at a young age because of just stories of my family and people who have passed away, like uncles <clears throat> in the family, people I'm named after, and then I had a serious surgery that almost died from as a baby. So being reminded of that, I'm like, at a young age, like, oh, I can just die at any time. <laughs> so, like, you might as well just live. Like, like not, oh, like, yeah, live, man. like, I have a pulse. I mean, live. Live, live, yeah. Like, live Hike. your life. Like, do what you love and don't look back. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's been pretty young for me. I don't know when I didn't feel that way. Um, but some amazing. people... 
it's something. I don't know what it is, but it's it, it inspires, you know, handstands in public and, <laughs> and dancing in public. I was dancing the other day. And I dance a lot in public. I was dancing the other day at CVS. <laughs> and the security guard came up to me and he's like I want that on a shirt I was with somebody and he was so concerned that I was trying to like lure her and like seduce her in public at What's a CBS dancing? my dance and he was like buddy he's like you good I'm like oh. yeah I'm good and he's like I see a lot of he had no teeth he's like I see a lot of stuff in here and these, my teeth are missing because everyone I gotta throw out of here and he was <laughs> like I'm like listen I'm just dancing he's like alright just checking I thought you were trying to lure some women or something I'm like what <laughs> What was playing? I don't know. I just oh. dance everywhere I go. I can't help it. Awesome. Mostly grocery stores. It's very fun to do it. And it, every time I do it, though, I realize it makes people laugh and smile. Hell yeah. What about elevators? I feel like that's a good dancing spot. I, I definitely like to talk to people in elevators, but they don't like to talk back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's fun to, life's awful. Yeah, man. And life's hard. And people die every three seconds. Yeah. So, and you can have an aneurysm right now and fall over on this mic. And I'm still releasing the episode. But, <laughs> so, like, you you got to live. Yeah, Because, man. like, what else can you do? Like, wallow in the pain? Like, it's there everywhere. I was having this conversation last night with my roommate. We were walking to the grocery store to get, <laughs> don't smoke weed, and then walk to the grocery store without a plan. Because <laughs> he went there and he just got bananas. We walked, like, two <laughs> miles and he just got a banana. One banana or well, like a, a thing of bananas. Okay, okay. And I was like, that's it, huh? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. And we just walked back. But Incredible. we were walking there and we were talking about like, should you have kids? Do you get a visectomy? These things. The world's hard. Uh, climate change. Civil wars. Russia. This, that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, the world's always been messed up and everyone's family's messed up. When people say like, I don't know, there's alcoholism and depression. My family's like, yeah, that's everyone's family. Yeah. You stick 50 people together in 2022 in America and someone's got alcoholism and depression. Like, yeah. everyone's family's bad, everyone's family's messed up, but everyone's family's good, and everyone's family's got cool stuff. There are exceptions. There are definitely, like, you know, there's the, John Wayne Gacy had a family. I'm sure they don't feel too good about, they go, yeah, our family's messed up. Like, you'll have that situation. But again, like I brought up yeah. earlier, the bell curve. There's yeah, exceptions. Yeah. You're going to get some families that have less things going on that are bad, and you're going to have some that are like, oh, my God, so-and-so's in prison, that person's in prison. But for the most part, life happens, and people die, and there's cancer, and people go to prison, and people are in poverty, and people get a great job to make way more money and everyone else in the family is jealous. I'm like, this stuff happens. This is life. Yeah, There's yeah. always that one person. Statistically, someone's always going to have more money than the next person in your family. So relative to you who don't have money, they're always going to feel like they're rich and or uncle, but really they're just a person. Yeah. That's everyone's family. Yeah, man. So don't use that as an excuse not to have kids. Don't have kids if you don't have kids, but because you think the world's messed up and it's bad, like, you know how you fix a messed up world? By having kids who can innovate and grow and know more about what to do in the future than you do because you're stuck in your time and place right. of relative technology. And you can't do anything about that. Like, we're stuck with what we know now. We're complaining about TikTok, but your <laughs> daughter, who knows what she can do in 30 years? She yeah. might solve cancer. She might solve a problem using technology or create art so profound yeah. that it changes culture. Like, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be cool, right? <laughs> so, like, that's, I think, why we... That's one of the reasons why I think it's natural to want to propagate our, our genes, our life. It's yeah, just man. knowing that, like, we can do this. We can overcome. Our, we have no problem trying to figure out how to get through stuff. It's what we've been doing for, like, a million years. No matter what you believe, yeah. we've been doing it for a long time, you know. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's as all of those things are happening simultaneously, you should be able to say, like, 
like go outside like hello look at all of this beautiful shit like, yeah look at how beautiful the trees are right now they're like red and orange and yellow like that's amazing you and know? they're talking to each other they, they are talking. that's the craziest part yeah you're like wait a minute they talk to each other <laughs> Oh my god. You think they ever have like <laughs> fights? Like I always Oh, trees have depression you, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little stone and you look at the tree and you're like, that tree started shedding its leaves early because it lost a bet with the other tree. Yeah. And he's like, you know, if you lose this bet, you gotta shut it early. <laughs> and he's like, damn it. Yeah, that tree is <laughs> too close to Benny as he's probably an alcoholic. Like, you know, like <laughs> those kinds of things. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, I started realizing this tree situation when I built a lot of tree houses growing up. And I'd, always, I'd put a lot of nails and wood in the trees, and I started to see <laughs> what would happen when you did that and how you'd slowly kill them or kill, kill sections of them. Yeah. And then you'd see, like, how other trees, one tree would get, like, a disease, and you'd see the other one start to get it. But you're like, how did they spread it? It's like, wait, this root system. Oh, my God, they're all interconnected. It all makes perfect sense. And also mushrooms, like, if you touch a mushroom here... It, like, feels it all the way down there. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty that's exciting. crazy. It's a good Wikipedia ha, read. Dude. Have you have you tried those before? <laughs> the old psilocybins? We, we've we talked about this. That I, You said you said to me one time we were at Exit Strategy. Yeah. And you said, <laughs> that was everybody in their two, life, two, three years ago. Two and a half. It was right. Was it, uh, when was that? Like, three years ago? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Almost, almost three years ago. Yeah. But started having babies in that same time frame so haven't haven't quite gone around to it believe it or not but okay it's on the list it's on the list and what did i say to you You're everybody gonna... should do it at least once a year yeah yeah <laughs> that's what you, you should you should I, i'm due soon i trust you <laughs> well, everyone this weekend. My, <laughs> we could do it everyone by everyone i mean people who are like uh mentally stable yeah um, if you're if you're not, you know, maybe be a little careful. But if you're if you're stable, I think you should try at least once. And if you feel good, once a year is a great place. It's yeah. wait for that time that Saturday when your work and your duties are done and kids aren't around, no one's around. You be mature and just get lost for a couple hours. You know, it might feel like a couple lost days, most, but it's only a couple hours. I I'm promise. Lost most of the time anyway. So <laughs> um. uh, it's a it's an interesting place, and I don't know, I. Not everyone has to do it, but I recommend people try. Yeah, I'm. I'm. No, I'm probably gonna take you up on it. It's just like a. <laughs> I, I do like. I'm. I'm curious about. I mean, is that where like the name Bending Brains was influenced by? No, no. that's from the surgery I had because oh. they, they were touching my brain. Wow. And then you know, like to bend something like kind of like ask quite like go deep. Sure. Ask things, go places most people might not go. Wait, are we going deep, or is this like pretty shallow for this podcast? Uh, like, it shallow, depends. So it, you, so. As I've experienced with... We talked about, like, trees having alcoholism, <laughs> then, you know? <laughs> you sure you haven't done mushrooms? <laughs> so, with podcasts, um, the ones I've done, I noticed that it depends on the person and the time of day in life and what's going on, but it really depends on the time you are within the podcast. When mm. you got a four-hour podcast, by the time you get to that uh, two and a half, three a half <sighs> hours, things get deep. Because you start to get really <laughs> yeah, comfortable yeah. with somebody, definitely, yeah. and you start to become like like such close friends. You're like you just start opening up. I don't yeah. know what it is about this situation. I yeah. mean, how often do you sit down at a table and with have, like, someone, conversation. look yeah. in their eyes, and just yeah. talk for hours? With there is not one distraction going on right now. Yeah, like great. my phone's facing down, yours is not around. There's no sounds, no people, there's no awesome. baby. You're used to a family; they're not here. <laughs> I am, yeah. So yeah, it's like you start to just. 
gush things and before you know it yeah, well. oh my god you start saying things and i don't know it's it's interesting because i mean deep is relative some people have some stuff they just want to get off their chest sure sure yeah, yeah. but from you saying like you don't want to make it with music you you you're a musician. You've been playing music for how long? Ten years? Twenty oh, yeah, years? Fifteen years? My whole life. Yeah. I meant like writing, like oh, uh, writing, writing songs music. and recording yeah. it. Two thousand ten. So yeah, twelve years, yeah. and then twenty eight years of playing violin. Yeah. So essentially, your whole life, something music's been happening. Yeah. And to say with that know. type of record, and then be like, yeah, I don't want to make it. That's like. Yeah. Are you insane? It's <laughs> well, like, yeah, I've been in med school for like 85 years, but I don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> it's like, what? what? I don't get it. Yeah. So What a waste. No. <laughs> it's that's 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 pretty profound like to to not a lot of musicians who do it and do it and you've been doing it pretty consistent consistently the whole time just go like, yeah, I don't want to make it. So I'm just trying to make music. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. That I, I was just stepping into that realization that you said you've you've had for longer in your life that, like, you kind of don't have to worry about being the best at something. Like, I mean, as a, no. class, a classically trained violin, you would, even coming into this world of, like, songwriting and playing in bands, you would, I mean, it's hard not to sometimes be like, well, why, like, how is that guy? getting to tour and like you know like mm-hmm. opening for that band or whatever um that stuff like turns into cancer in your body right so i like yeah, the I, jealousy yeah and it, it was never jealousy it was like confusion of like what do i gotta do to like what formula are they doing that gets them to that yeah and yeah. i j- like seriously like that's like what i've been kind of saying with the the technology piece and just also just going in on your own self saying that like I genuinely don't care. And, like, I'm not going to let that be the thing that consumes me because then it's going to impact, like, your your music and, like, the things that you're aligning with your music songs. So, yeah, I, I just kind of have gotten into that space in the past year, which is a great place you, you to feel be. better? Oh, I feel, yeah. I resolved. Feel like, um, yeah, resolved. Great. That's a great word. Like, also just more love. Like, I just, like, also love watching other people do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's, if, if you aren't aligning yourself to yourself and you have something else that is the the goal, it's an easier place to live. Mm, That's nice. Thanks, man. (laughs) It is. It is. I mean, what's so wrong with like peace and just like, I don't mean like peace, man. I I mean like just calm. I don't know. I think we're, I think the water's not moving. You know, you're on a pond and not an ocean. Like what's, what's wrong with that? Nothing. 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 Yeah. I don't, this... There's a lot right with that. There's something, and the thing is, it's not even real. It's not, <laughs> like, I mean, obviously these things are, they're here are as real in. as they can be, <laughs> but I mean, like, this chase, yeah, this yeah. game, the race, it's not real. Yeah. And it's so sure. easy to be like, oh, I'm really, you know, I'm just learning how to play the game, you know? It's like, yeah, me too, but, like, don't look at it that way. You're you're learning how to just be a more efficient at this thing in life, yeah. at a, as a, at a better human, a better friend. You know, yeah. uh, the thing I feel worse about when I'm feeling bad, or you know, maybe you know, you get a little, you drink a little bit, and you're like, oh man, like you don't feel bad about drinking. You feel bad like oh, I need, I haven't responded to that person well. I, I haven't talked to my mom or dad enough. You know, maybe I didn't treat that situation the best way. And when you smoke weed, that really can happen for mm-hmm. me personally. That's why I like it. Makes me like feel so bad about stuff. <laughs> so it makes you like address it <laughs> emotionally. And 
you you realize like those are the little things in life that you like. Yeah, that's what you care about. And they're like, oh my god, why well, don't I have as many likes as that person? It's like. I, the 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 number thing on social media is so misleading. Yeah, man. Like I know yeah. people who have. It, it gets complicated because then it starts to play on something that um, media has been playing on for a long time. That's sex, and looks. Sure. So that gets complicated. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. We don't have to go there, but we all know what I mean by <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot. Of, this is not something I say willy nilly. I talk to so many women about this to make sure I get my facts right. And a lot of women don't like it either. Just women mm. using their bodies to just get like ten thousand likes, ten thousand followers. Yeah. They're not doing anything. They're just taking pictures of themselves with very little clothes on, like that type of stuff. Yeah. And that's not gonna end well, but we don't gotta go there. And yeah. it's not gonna end well for them by living like that. But just the more straight and narrow route where people just why do they have fifty thousand likes? Like what are they doing? It's like just focus on you. Yeah. Don't worry about the likes. Like who cares? You know, it's it. The social media that I have is not a good representation of how many people know about these things that I have done or do. It's just not. Yeah, and it's, it's not. It's so not much a, more than that. It's not a barometer or measurement of like worth. Not, not like at all. Yeah, and it's hard sometimes not to, you know, kind of like track your progress or something when you're you're making music as like in an in it's starting to be industrialized or something, right? Like mm-hmm. you're in a music industry that. Um, yeah, I've just kind of let go of all that, which mm-hmm. has been awesome. It's been awesome. So you, for you, you just play music here and there for the rest of your life. Uh, we, I mean, I met David, uh, who was in that played guitar in that video. We had like a, a long talk, and then just drove around town, uh, like a few months, like a month, month or two ago, talking about this specifically. Where it was like, we're gonna be making music the rest of our lives. Like, yeah. you're just going to keep doing it because you have to. Like, yeah. I ha- like, I have to do it. I need. And, yeah, and, like, so, if that's what's going to be happening, who cares, like, about whether it's picked up or, I mean, whatever the, the measurement is, right? Like, I, I've kind of just, again, aligned myself to the things that I'm singing about. Like, if I'm inspired by the land and, like, looking outside of my window and being like, this is the thing that I'm like worshiping right now is these planes and the trees. That's the stuff that we should be spending our time thinking about, like h- how to align the music to that. And mm-hmm. um, that's more exciting and uh, fruitful, I think. Mm-hmm. And just making genuine art, just doing what you love. Yeah, man. Not for anything more. Not because you're like, man, I got to put out an EP. It's been this long since my last single. Exactly. And that's a race. Oh, yeah. I have a very different perspective of the music industry now, like with how much experience I have within it. And then I, I teach music industry course. I have a lot of friends who are within it. And I've never really wanted to be a professional musician. I, I've been playing music for quite some time and recording for about 16 years and putting out records for 12 years. And it's like, I don't want to live in a van touring, yeah, like no. living off like oats and, and, you know, granola bars Same, yeah. and sleeping on a rusty floor and like not knowing what the future holds. That's fun. You should, I mean, if you're into that, you should do that for a little bit when you're younger, when you don't have responsibilities, but like you can't, there's no longevity in that. Um, and then working, you know, venues at night and being a stagehand till three in the morning yeah. and all that, none of that interests me. I, I like, I want to have the control over that I have here. That's why it's like, I'm just going to do my own thing and yeah. make it work for me. I can't do that. It's not for me. I want sunlight. I want to get up at 7 a.m. every day yeah. and get, you know, as much sun as I can in these eyes, <laughs> which is part of your brain. And, 
Oh man, yeah, that's incredible. Is that is that how you've always felt? Is that why you don't want to try to pursue the music industry? Is it just that how um, abnormal it is? I think getting back, yeah, yeah. I mean, getting back to Pennsylvania, and again, that conversation with David was kind of around like I, we've all. I've always wanted a family. Like I mm. wanted to be. I wanted to have kids. Aphasia. Yeah, and um, how is like, it? how is it? It is the heaviest thing. Uh, but also just so incredibly rad. Right. Like, I mean, it seems to be both those things. I've heard that from a lot of people. You have to answer to the hardest questions that you'd ever thought you would be posed with. And, at the, but at the same time, that like forces you to look at yourself and not, not care as much about yourself. Cause now there's just like this person that has all of the questions that you've ever asked and haven't had all the answers to. And you're the guy that's supposed to deliver the answer. You can kind of figure it out together, which is uh, amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Do you ever wonder about those parents that kind of like aren't parents to their kids? Do you ever wonder, like, how, do you ever fathom, like, how is this possible? What do you think it is that makes that? Do you think it's just mental health oh, problems and addiction and stuff? Yeah, it's like heartbreaking. Do you think, I mean, because that's real. I mean, I know people like that. I've yeah, seen it. and there's probably, again, like a, a spectrum and circumstances that are, uh, I mean, I'm very, 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 very fortunate to have had the life that I have and, like, the situation that I was put into to be a parent. Um, and, I mean, me, me and my wife talk about that all the time, right? Like, how how lucky are we? And also, like, what do you do with that? Like, what is the what is the right thing to do? As a person that can be a parent, how do you be the best parent possible? It's in, it's inevitable that you're going to get frustrated with your kid. It's inevitable that you have, like, tiffs and stuff. But you, it is, like, a realization that there are people out there that either, like, fiscally can't do that or also, you know, emotionally can't, mentally can't. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, candidly, I try not to, like, fill my brain with that because... <laughs> Um, it's hard, man. It's like heartbreaking, you know. Yeah, I, something switches when people yeah. have a kid. I've noticed. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, definitely. I'm sure the way you like view violence in movies is probably different now. I was just talking about this the other night. With really? Yeah, <laughs> my mom and why uh, my brother's girlfriend. I it, it is just like you don't. We we were talking about like the there was like a video of some uh, daycare people that were like wearing a scream mask, but I was like. I've put on a mask and scared my little brother. Or, like, we, like, set up a haunted house for, you know, the kids in our neighborhood or something. And, like, even that now is, like, so sad to me. Like, watching a child freak out. And you know, like, immediately just, like, how, like, the instinct is to coddle them, you know. And, like, there's, there's times when you shouldn't coddle your child. And there are times when you absolutely should. And those things are just, like, natural instincts. Um, so yeah, something definitely changes. I don't know what the thing is. You realize I, I it's not really, you anymore. Yeah. It's I don't want to watch like scary movies. I don't want to watch that stuff anymore, even though I loved them like growing up. So uh, yeah. Maybe when they're a little bit older, they might get it and then you can watch with them again, you know? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, there's no need for a one year old or a three year old to watch Halloween no, no. or Scream or something. <laughs> there's no need yeah, for that. Just like protect the kids, man. Cause like you were saying before, they're, that they are... They are the light. Yeah, it's how know? we fix the problem is 
to have kids and make them better. It's what it's what we've been trying forever. No matter what yeah. religion or science you believe, it's what's been going on. Regardless of what you think or where you're from on this planet, there's one thing that everyone has, and it's reproduce in some capacity or try to to just like keep something going. To like there's something about it. And I like that we'll never know the answer. I don't know why people seek it. You're not going to find it. Yeah. You can't find it. That's the only reason why we have anything is because we'll ne- we know. Maybe with music. No, no. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I think I music's remarkable because to think like if we are descendants of of other primates, you know, other other apes and, and, and monkeys of the past, if, if we are – and somehow we conjured up like melody and rhythm and just kept fine tuning it and fine tuning over like a long time. Yeah. And it's very natural because it's the same way we speak, the cadences we have in our voice, language, um, pitch, and, and pattern. It's how we chunk, you know, our brain is very good at chunking. It's why our numbers, whole security numbers, cell phone numbers, telephone numbers, credit card numbers are all in threes and fours. That's why most time signatures are variations of threes and fours. It's, you know, it's, it is there's a thing it's we love mm. twos and the exponents of twos and doing things in in twos and you know I'm a big 7 guy dude Very good. well <laughs> guess what 7 is 4 and 3 or 3 and 4 There we go yeah true, true. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's fact, just a longer chunk it's yeah. one of the first things i was taught yeah. in, in music theory class when you have a hard time counting 7 just go 1 2 3 4 1 2 3 because 7 has two syllables and it might give you to an extra pat or an extra beat if you accidentally say 7 mm. and you know so 1 2 3 1 2 3 4 you know, did you ever hear that before? No. Yeah. Because if you go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Interesting. you might mess up and that's actually eight. Huh. So sometimes they say, say, sev. Like, sev. sev. Wow. Like, one, two, three, four, five, six, sev. Wow, man. Yeah, that's. That's super interesting. Nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun because I am a nerd, so I have no problem making fun of nerds. You, you're a nerd, too. Oh, I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nerd, yeah. Why, why is... Why we just talk and play Magic the Gathering. Like, yeah. like, that's like what we're doing after our show tonight is play Magic the Gathering. It's it's great. Like, my students are baffled by me. They think I'm crazy, and they're just like... One of my students was like, what do you do? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you do for fun? Like, you don't do this. You don't play video games. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean what I do? Like, I do a ton of stuff. I just don't <laughs> play video games anymore. I just don't have the, the yeah. time for it right now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day I will, but right now I just don't. And you do because you're younger and you're just not doing what I do. Yep. But they just couldn't comprehend it. Like, you don't play video games. You don't play board games. You don't do that. I'm like, I am just filling my day up with other things, you know? Like, mm. you're. they might be playing a video now. I'm talking to you someone from York, Pennsylvania. Like, that's what I'm doing on my Friday at, you know, whatever time it is, 2 o'clock or something. What a dream. What It is a dream. <laughs> it's it's great. I, I, I sometimes, it comes with effort and a cost, but I sometimes am so, so grateful. I'm like, yeah, this is, why wouldn't I fill this unique time that I have personally with, mm-hmm. like, really funny, unique things? Yeah. You know, why would I just be like, well, I have... Most of my friends are working till like three, four, five today on a Friday, right? Sometimes people get out earlier on a Friday. Why wouldn't I feel this fortunate few hours I have on a day to like do important things to me, things that help me grow, mm. you know? And it's not about money because money isn't there when you're when you're living life. When you're talking to your kid and like trying to teach them about life, um, money's somewhat important. But what's more important is being able to talk to them and yeah. have life lessons and have experiences and tell them about 
this thing and that thing. And I learned that from talking to people. Yeah, yeah. The most important thing is to listen. It's the best education is listening by far from your parents to friends to colleagues and to uh, traditional colleges to a podcast. I think that's why podcasts are unbelievably popular right now and have been for like five, ten years. Yeah. It's because people are just listening. People talk. You're just listening. Wow. You're just gaining knowledge. Just listening. And you're hearing really what's going on in the in-betweens of every industry and every part of society, men, women, LGBTQ communities, everything. You're hearing it yeah, now. Yeah. We didn't have that before. Yeah. I don't blame our parents sometimes when they're like a little not quite hip with what's going on on this planet. Yeah. Because like they just, they missed the boat. They didn't grow up with what, this access to information. It's They can kind of learn, but they don't even know where to begin. It's intimidating when you like, my dad does not have a smartphone. His flip phone's in the sock drawer most of the time. He Such. doesn't know what like technology is beyond like 1990. And to like teach him everything that you and I know about all this stuff, how do you even navigate an iPhone and like yeah. do all the little things you can do with it? Oh, just talk to him and screen grab it and send this there. And then you can send a link to this and you can turn off the notifications for that app and now that app and put it over there. And you grab it and you hold it and it starts dancing and you shift it over <laughs> to that spot. He would be like, What did you well, just oh, yeah, say yeah, to yeah, me? Yeah. I don't know what you just said to me. Yeah. So like I, I give most elderly people a pass on like when they're just like you know when they just only know what like tucker carlson says it's like what do you expect like you know especially when they grew up in the 60s and they didn't go to school it's like what do you what do you think they're gonna know like come on like don't be mean like yeah just don't worry your kids are gonna roll their eyes at you too they're gonna be they're gonna be on talking about this new app and how it does this and how it's connected to your brain. You can control it by touching your ear. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I play guitar. And they're like, guitar? <laughs> What's guitar? Yeah. You know, I have Ableton downloaded into my Neuralink. And you're like, uh, I use mixers and pedals. I'm like, pedals? Oh, no. It's going to happen. I'm I know. Just, you know? And I like, know. you can't fight it. <laughs> uh. And they're going to be like, yeah, you know, my 16K iPhone. You're like, 16K? I don't I remember when they had 4K. Dude, my, my iPhone still has one camera on it, which I'm, like, pretty proud about. <laughs> I'm about I need to get the new iPhone. Mine mine is really, it's uh, three years old, and I beat it to hell because I use it for, like, work all day, and it's just not, yeah. it's not doing too well. It's slow. Yeah. Things happen. It, like, shuts off randomly, and apps just crash on it, and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Why? So being more in technology, how do you feel about the, like, the, the obsolete technology when they just deliberately engineer something to like not last beyond X amount of updates yeah, for software I mean, updates. And they, it's kind of on purpose. It's not, kind of, it is it on is purpose. Old, yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you see what, what are the pros and cons of doing that? I mean, yeah, in all honesty, it, it lets for, I mean, like I said a, a little bit before, I'm, I try and frame my technologist side of my being to also like as an economist like trying to think about you know what are, what are we doing as a people like is this thing that we're doing moving us forward and a lot of times in the last 10 years that answer is probably yes right like some of the innovation that happens in technology is for the betterment of us um i think a little bit when you like cap that initially where it's like okay we're gonna let this be a good thing for seven ios updates it becomes a little bit too sharky mm. for the the humanist technologist side of me. But I understand as an economist for, you know, like a particular market. Like you never know how a market's going to change. In, if it's an iPhone, if it's a fintech software, 
the next two years is going to look way different than the last six months, you know? Yeah. So, like, that kind of scale is you have to account for when you're building these things and projecting these things. I mean, I get it. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent in the sense that I get it. I understand. I know that it exists. Maybe maybe do you wish it wasn't as expensive as it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I have an iPhone that only has one camera on it. Like, I'm going to, like, ride and, it out. Like, and I maybe just... the people who... So what makes it so bad <laughs> is not the price. It's the price coupled with how we get the materials and who's putting it together. And if it's that much money, then yeah. why are they paid the way they are in China or Africa where they mine it, in China where they assemble it? And, but then the people yeah. in San Francisco where they ship it out from Silicon Valley are making, you know, everyone there's the lowest person gets paid $150,000. So specifically like Apple as this example. like Apple's yeah. in this example, but <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Google and there's Amazon and there's Facebook or Meta and there's all these things. And there's Huawei in, in China. There's a lot of companies. It's, it's, a lot of, it's just tied to brand awareness and like that you, as an Apple user, like once you use Apple, you very, very rarely will you go use an Android phone. I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah my, exactly. My they, phone, tablet, iPhone, iMac, earbuds, so I'm saying, iPods. Like, all of that what, stuff was kind of engineered over like a probably 10-year plan where it was like these products are rolled out in a way that make you an Apple user mm-hmm. or force you to, to kind of like be comfortable with the I, like the operating software within an Android phone. Um, that's just the way it goes, I guess. That's the only thing that bugs me. <laughs> yeah. If I knew that it was 1300 bucks, but it was made by people who get paid, you know, $23 an hour in a warehouse to do the work, yeah, and it's that type of job, yeah. and it could be a career job, and they get insurance. I'd be like, okay, I get it, but when they're they're not, not even none, none of nothing's even close to what I just said. I'm like, this is why, why, and like, it's why I don't complain about it. It's yeah. why I don't feel the need to post about it. It's like I feel like a moron posting about this on the, <laughs> on the device I'm complaining about. <laughs> like I really do. So I'll try to use this technology my best to exploit it by putting all my art and everyone else's art and all this cool creative stuff just keep putting it out there through this vessel. Because what else can I do? It's the only thing I can do if I'm going to do this. So I might as well. Full but com- complaining about it on the device is the funniest thing ever. But TikTok to help. But TikTok is an interesting one. I'm kidding. TikTok's interesting. I don't get it. I'm I don't know how kidding. to get popular on it. I just like post a clip on it from these videos and just walk away. And I think I, I have a pretty good idea away. where I'm just gonna like take videos of my feet and like dipping them into like those cups of slime. Ooh, like, that'll get a following. I think probably so. not the people you want to follow you. Yeah, but then like I, mean, I could probably make some money off it. You know? <laughs> like people should sell their feet. You know what people <laughs> do on on TikTok to get views is it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. There's this really sure. cool guy that's going to come on the podcast soon that's got a pretty popular, like, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram following. Like, I won't say who it is or the numbers, but it's a lot more than anybody else I know. It's a lot. Wow. And he, But he's a music, musician from Chicago, and he hit me up because he likes these videos. He wants to do, like, a session, but I was like, I want to be on the podcast. So I can't wait to talk to him about awesome. it because he has a lot, like, hundreds of thousands. Wow. And I'm like, God and he's bless. young. He's young. He's a young guy, but it's all music-based stuff. That's why it's cool. It's like yeah. he makes really – it's all comedy and music, and it's really funny, but he's a really good musician. He does everything himself, like one-man band stuff. And I'm just so curious, like, what is it like to, like, tap into that algorithm? Like, he found it, and he's, like, doing it, and those those videos get millions of wow. views, each video. And I'm just right. like, how? I can't God imagine that. God bless him. I'm so fascinated by because, like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. it doesn't – it just doesn't do that for me. Like, I, I don't even seek it. When are you talking to? Is it soon? A couple weeks, yeah. I don't know, like, what to 
do about it because I don't think the content I make will ever be able to do that on TikTok. It's not the stuff. Yeah. Like a clip from a session basement or a podcast clip. Like the best part about TikTok is I'm going to put this clip right now on it <laughs> on TikTok <laughs> just to be like, how do we get more views on TikTok? And yeah, it's going nice. to be this clip right nice. now. Love it. But it'll get, I'm on like the best day ever, it'll get a thousand views, which is like nothing compared to like millions of people get. Hundreds of thousands, millions. I don't know, man. And I'm like, what are they? I don't get it. They're doing weird stuff, you know, flipping a water bottle onto the table like that. Dipping their like, feet in the slime. Dipping, throwing a ping pong ball through cups <laughs> that bounce to this thing. It's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen? You look so defeated right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. It's are you just, tired? You woke up early today. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't think I, like I said, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know? It's like I don't care. I just know that it's part of the music and art world. I know. I know. So I'm trying. What I try to not. do with it is, like I said, just like take the clip, put it on there, and walk away. Like don't even look at, it, don't look at the stats, and the just get out of there. Do it as part of like just because more people knowing about it, it's yeah, more spread. Yeah. I'm trying to spread these musicians' art. Well, dude, you, know? you are doing a beautiful thing. I, I I'll tell you that till the day I die. But oh, like, thank you very it is, much. Uh, it is an I mean, it's an, it's just, like, awesome to sit and talk to you. Like, I mean, that alone is worth the drive from Pennsylvania <laughs> oh, to Chicago, Jesus. dude. Like, Thank you. Making me blush here. No, but wow, the, that's uh, very kind of you. Yeah. It's, you're doing... I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't... Um, if I, I didn't feel like you were doing... Using the tool as the tool, so... Trying. It's You, you are. It's just... In a beautiful it, way. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I, but I always tell everyone, like, I can only do what I do when there's like amazing musicians I get to work with mm. and artists, you know? Like, that's what made DZ Fest. Like, I went a little crazy doing it and I put my life into it, but like, I was capturing and promoting amazing talent all around me, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I hope to keep doing it. It's going to be very different, but try to do, just do it bigger, but do it the same way. Mm. Like, use the bigger spotlight to just keep bringing up the bigger bands and keep bringing up the scene and, and cross-breeding scenes and genres. Just because someone's in jazz doesn't mean they can't play with, with electronic music and yeah. hip-hop can play with indie rock. Like, Hell yeah. all music is great. All music is great. And the biggest thing I've learned and gained from the last 12 years of DZ Records is, is um, learning about music. Just It's that simple. I feel like I've gotten many degrees in just music. Just learning about music, like, I love. I got into genres I never knew I would ever like. If you were talking to me at 20 years old, I'd, I was a different person. Yeah. Like, wait, you like this and that? I was like, no, if it's not this, I don't like it. Now I'm like, I, I think I like everything that's ever been made. <laughs> like, at this point, is how much music I heard, I'm like, it's a good place to live, man. It's like, it's mute. People put it out there. It's cool. Like, I used to think that, like, old-time folk bluegrass music was so lame and corny. I really did, and now I'm like, these are the most talented musicians on planet Earth. They're mm -hmm. all, that's how I learned about Suzuki Method, from talking to bluegrass players. These are the best musicians I've ever heard. They're all classically trained. They're all so good. They're so precise, difficult to work with, because they're so good. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they're so good, they're like, it's got to be this. You got to redo that take. It wasn't good enough. I was like, I don't think you messed up once. I think you guys are perfectly in tune and perfectly in time, and it's not good enough. Yeah. These amazing musicians. And then you get, like, the slacker rock punk people who, <laughs> they're out of tune, they're out of time. They'll do one take. They don't care about anything. There's humming. There's buzzing. There's nonsense. <laughs> and like, yeah, that was awesome. And then drinking high life in the background. You're like, you guys are awesome. You guys are like, I love those people too. Yeah. And 
I love everything in between, and I don't know. It's just really cool. It's a strange perspective to have a very one I'm very grateful for to be able to just constantly meet and talk with different yeah. people, and, yeah. and I love it when they're from different parts of the country. Meeting, you know, some of your friends from the, the Baltimore area, yeah, like, yeah. it's just fun. And what I missed the most pre-COVID was getting international bands. That is a remarkable thing when you just got people from around the country just chilling in your basement it. with you. You're like, and like they're there with you, and no one else is experiencing this right now. Like very few people on this planet are experiencing. Well, Ben, that. if you are our, you know, introduction to America for people, that's a great representation. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, some, I had uh, Matt and Andre from Matthew McNeil, their first time ever in a basement was in the old DZ records and it, they walked in, it was May 2015, I'll never forget it. They walked in, they're like, wow, is every basement like this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Very few basements are like this. Nice, man. Because yeah. they, they're from Texas, they don't have basements yeah. down there. <laughs> and it was so fun, they thought like, this is what a basement was like, wow. like it's supposed to be filled with like gear, I'm like, no. No, these are magical basements. <laughs> these are magical basements. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been a wild one, and I wanna, I wanna go back to, and thank you for all your kind words. You got it. It man. means a lot, and it helps to be like, okay, we can we can keep doing this. Yeah. We got this. Um, I'm more curious still about your fest idea. Mm-hmm. And like, how, do you you want one stage, two stage? How many bands? Probably how, two stages. Is there? Are you gonna try to get bands from like around the area or like beyond that, like Pennsylvania area, like to all the way to um, Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. DC, Baltimore. I guess TBD a little bit. TBD. Um, yeah. So I feel you. I'll probably need your help with like thinking about you know. I got you. Yeah, like what? Like what is realistic for a year one kind of thing? Um, how did you handle power? Mm-hmm. That like <laughs> actual logistical things. You had to learn a lot about electricity. Yeah, and I, extension cords. I believe it. And amperage lost over your ohm's resistance over the the gauge of the cable. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I know. It, it. I always tell people like, do your own music festival. Like, like for real. Like, do your own. Like, start from the ground up, and you will become a amateur electrician. Carpenter, <laughs> handyman, like oh, yeah. you, I've learned so much about these things just by that. And also because of the people you find yourself with who might know a little bit more, yeah. like a lot of electricity stuff I learned from other live sound engineers who came in, Joe, Trevor, Yasmin, and they're like, oh, you're going to want to do this. That's three phase. That's that phase. I'm like, oh. And then, thank God for technology, I could look up on the phone and then sure. start to make sense of, okay, I need this, this, and that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... How how far is it going to be from the house, like the main hub of power? Uh, well, there's like a couple different outbuildings, and like oh, we, okay, we would probably have some sort of generator as well. Okay, so because uh, it's like in the middle of a field, either or, either side. So um, we've like we started to, like I had a listening party for our uh, the the most recent public disco porch album, and it was kind of like in this horse shed that I just ran a bunch of lights up to and a sound system, and then played it really loud yeah. from this horse shed um, to kind of like test like okay is this out in the middle of nowhere uh, it's kind of down in a valley like you could play blast could, music outside and no one's gonna care oh yeah yeah no, no. so it's far from people it, like where's your nearest like, neighbor our, we, we have like a, a farm that's neighboring but then we have one house that's like kind of within a few acres so I went over <laughs> and just talked to him hundreds of feet yeah hundreds of feet hundreds of yeah, feet and, and okay plenty be, of space <laughs> The air kills a lot of it, right? But he was psyched just to, like, he, like, cracked the beer on his porch and listened, so. <laughs> That's um, what you want. Yeah. Those are the kind of neighbors you yeah. want when you put oh, fast I mean, on. These people are just salt of the earth people. So, yeah, I think it's, like, what what's realistic? What was your experience? I think um, this is maybe, like, a, another 
total different conversation. Yeah. But, um, it all depends on what you are trying to go for. Yeah. You know, if you, I mean, if you're only an hour and 20 from Philly, you can get Philly bands. Oh, definitely. I mean, and that, how far from Baltimore? 50 minutes. 50? Oh, you can yeah. get Baltimore bands. How far from DC? Hour and a half. Yeah. I'd say if yeah, you can it keep be, it within a three hour radius in any direction, which is probably just those three. Maybe a little bit of Pittsburgh. Well, we used to do like Veltway sessions. I don't know if you ever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. me and Britt would do like audio vision, similar, just much scaled back um, in our living room in, Chicago, in Oak Park. And we would ask bands that were on tour, like, you know, because it is like a kind of a hub from the Midwest up to Boston, New York area, back down if they're like going down the coast. So our town is kind of like right on that route. And what major highway are you, are you near? 83. So like it comes off of. Well, there's also like Route 30, and then the turnpike. What major interstate? Are you yeah, near? like the PA Turnpike runs right into. Okay, our, right, that's like, good. Right into our exit. That's yeah. That's what I've learned. You you need to be near an interstate, not just a state highway, but yeah, an interstate. Yeah, you need yeah, to be yeah. near an interstate. Yeah, so, because bands, well, I'll tell you one thing, they didn't grow up well uh, versed in directions. They need their phones, yeah. and if they find out that it's just too hard from the interstate, like yeah, just, you true. lose people. <laughs> just, no, it's it's right off the interstate. And, that's good. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you can kind of, like, it's a good place to stay, too. Like, if you're driving from Cleveland to New York, you could come crash and you yeah. do a session or something, like that kind of stuff. So You camping? Uh, we did. We had camp? hip camp, yeah, for a while. Uh, then we have, like, a pool house area that we're trying to shape up for, like, Oh, actual, there's multiple structures on this property? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was a working horse barn, which I'm converting into a studio space. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. You Actually, need I'm, to come out. I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, definitely I'm come. coming out. Okay, you should. You, can, <laughs> you have horses? We don't have any horses right now, but our, a horse. our daughter it's been wants a, while. a horse very badly. How old? She's three and a half. So and she already knows? Getting, she she knows. Yeah, she knows. Wow. So we don't have the excuse where it's like, well, we don't have space. We have, we have horse stables. <laughs> Ten so, acres yeah. of land and horse stables. Yeah. That sounds like a great spot for... Um, not just a fest, but like a mini reoccurring thing, a mini like venues exactly. thing where you can do it like one, like That's I used it, to do the yeah. intimate evenings once a month, like something like that, you know, yep. something like, did you ever play one of those? I feel oh, like yeah. you did. Yep, yep. You played with, um, our fathers and yeah, wow, safe space. It was pink. It was, Are mar- you looking no, at no. Post- I'm looking at it in my brain. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it now. It was like the pink black splash, splash of an old fifties bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. public disco porch. Wow, our fathers. Yep. That was awesome. That was like a... That was a good one. Was, yeah, that was fun. So you can do stuff like that. Yeah, that's the plan. That's and the plan. That could yeah. pro- so what you can do with that is it could build up people knowing about it so you can do more promotion with the fest. That's kind of like why I did it, yeah. to try to like promote the fest while on the off-season in the winter. People know about it, yep. you know? So the band's... The, this band is doing an event uh, at a very cool theater in our hometown. Um, and... Uh, it, we're calling it like Public Disco Porch presents Burnt Sienna, which mm-hmm. is like this thing we're partnering with nonprofits, which is like one of the oldest pigments of like, you know, earth and painting. It was like in the Renaissance. And we're using that theme to kind of like showcase this land and property to kind of like start generating a little bit of a buzz. Like, this is what we're using this place for is like music based stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get as many acoustic, car- acoustic guitars as possible and like record. Everybody playing the same song with, like, someone responding to, like, interpretive dance in the field. Mm. In the sense that, like, that's the kind of stuff that we want this festival to be. Mm. Not just, I mean, there will be stages with bands playing their set, but then also you between that, you can go for a walk and, like, stumble upon, like, some wild thing. That's cool. You have the um, land to do some yeah. interesting stuff. And I would, 
I'm gonna be picking your brain. Yeah, Seriously, so. I'm. I'm happy. I, I, I have. When it comes to that stuff, I, I have almost an answer for anything. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Definitely. That's really cool. I'm that's awesome. Be bugging you for sure. Between like your experience now, you have a foundation. You have connections. It's a great spot. Uh, yeah, you could do something really cool with it. Definitely could. Yeah, man. And just how big is the town? Um. Oh man, I'm blanking on the population. Like twenty thousand, a little more, maybe thirty. Thirty. Okay, 30, so that's 000. enough to have. There's other people, other bands, yeah. other people, oh, creatives, yeah. there's other, there's other, other people who do some production and stuff. There's a couple great local bands. That's how I met. I like was a fan from David and his band from afar for a long time, and wanted them to come out and do a Veltway session. But then when COVID hit, they stopped being a band, and mm. we moved. So now he's just in this band. <laughs> nice. You got you guys are great. I was because I remember your old band in sound, and this this one worked really well. It was cool, awesome. So how does it work if the three not everyone lives there? The band, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like other other musicians and drummers, but like when we do like this big thing, I would hope that like Joel and Jason will come out. Okay. So that like that kind of stuff, you can have like a big band. You know, mm-hmm. we've had two drummers. We had two drummers that. Causing headaches all Trevor was just like, What the heck, Ben? I'm like, Hey, man, this is gonna make you it sends your threshold high of what you can handle. That's my excuse whenever something's too hard, yeah, yeah. And I don't think people like that at first, but then I think once they get past it, they're like, Yeah, you're right. And we were actually talking about it last night because he's like, Oh, who's coming in tomorrow? He's my my roommate, and I'm like, Oh, public discourse. He's like, Oh, those guys, the two drumming (laughs) man from DZ Fest. I was like, Yep, and he's like, You know what. I remember at first I was like frustrated, but then after getting through it, I remember like remember thinking like, oh, you know, I can I can do I can do a lot more now with my skills of like audio mm-hmm. engineering. I didn't realize I can handle this type of situation. Awesome. And I told him I was like, yeah, that's it's like that's what I thought the whole time. I was like, I'll just throw it at him; he'll figure it out. And he did. And I was like, see, we we I knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Promote? Think of? Dude, I just had a blast. Man, it's so good to be here. It's, it's been great. It's so good. To it's be been here. years since I've seen you because of COVID and I you know. moved in life and babies and. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah. I've, but it's cool that we're like both still doing the thing. Like whatever it is we're doing, both doing it. Always will be. I, I'm never going to stop. It's too <laughs> late now. I've invested too much. It's not, there's no end to this one. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, yeah, and it's like, I will, yeah, you're, you, I feel lucky to have stumbled upon the thing that you do here and i mean we talked about this at that time at exit strategy that like, yeah you come across really cool people in music and then there's sometimes you like um stumble across people that you hope that you just kind of keep doing it for forever mm-hmm. uh joel jason caleb david like these guys are starting to feel that way and you have always felt that way wow. like i just have always kind of been like I- i've sent people your name to be like you should go to this festival. <laughs> you should send your music to this guy to see if you should play. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. It's very kind of you. Uh, and it's not just blown smoke. You are you are a gem of a human being, and I can't tell you how grateful I am to call you my friend. Wow. Thank you, Spencer. I love you, man. <laughs> Thank you. I love you, too. You are a very good person, too. I've <laughs> always enjoyed working with you and hearing your music. <laughs> cool. Sessions, in paintings, DZ Fest, hanging out. 
working, like mastering stuff, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of done it all. We have, I have, and now this is it. <laughs> and that is it. The this podcast, is the like, last that's one. all I offer. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I offer consulting practices with my firm for putting on music festivals. Well, yeah, exactly. That's you know? the last thing. Is like, and you start a firm, you know, have a secretary. I need you as my electrician. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Thank awesome. you so much for your kind words. And it, yeah. it means a lot. And again, it is the bands and the art that mm-hmm. comes my way that gives me the foundation and fuel to keep doing this. Yeah. I only am who I am because of everyone I get to play and work with and hang out with and meet. Don't ever stop. I don't plan on it. Good. So thank you. And you don't ever stop either. And I cannot right. wait to talk more about and figure yeah, out this man. festival with you. I'm happy to help. In oh, any way. yes. In any way. All right, let's do it. Nice, dude. Until next time, thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Ciao. How's that coconut one? Awesome. <laughs> it's good, right? Yeah.